Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how to's, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is Lindsay Maestas. If you're new here, I'm so thankful to have you here. It is in the evening. Both of my kids are at a friend's house for dinner, so I had a chance to sit and record. Um, but we are in the middle of the seven deadly sin series, which I'm really, really excited about. We just did the anger series last week. So if you haven't heard that one, go and check it out. Anger, frustration, overwhelm. And today we are going to be talking about laziness, lack of discipline, lack of motivation, and sometimes just straight up sloth like behavior. And so I really wanted to talk about this because I think that sometimes we have a really adverse reaction to laziness and lazy people because our society pushes success and achievement so heavily that we don't always acknowledge where laziness is in our own lives because we do so many things, right? We're parents, we are business people, we are spouses. So we always have a lot going on. So laziness doesn't feel like a struggle, but laziness can seep in in a lot of different ways. So on the Living Easy podcast, I have a very gospel-focused perspective. I like to bring in raw truth and vulnerability along with what the Bible says about certain topics, which is why I was really excited about this series. And I also want to always come from a place where I am sharing my own struggles and my own downfalls because I am not here preaching to you from a high horse. <laughs> if anything, I am being drugged underneath the horse's feet most of the time with most of my topics. So we're along the journey together. If anything, you're probably five steps ahead of me, but I do like to self-evaluate. I feel like most of the growth in my life and in my relationships comes from constant self-evaluation and also where my ministry has stemmed from. So Let's jump in to today's conversation. Before we begin, really quickly, if you have not heard of The Wife Project yet from Roommates to Soulmates, we are really excited for Valentine's Day over here. And at time of recording, we're about a month out from Valentine's Day. So if you are wanting a gift, something that lasts a long time and is actually purposeful and actually makes an impact on your life and on your marriage, The Wife Project is an eight and a half week study focused solely on becoming the wife that God called you to be. My slogan is God didn't call you to be a fix him wife, but a love him wife. And sometimes it can be really easy to point our fingers at our spouses. And as you listen to this episode of laziness, it might be one that really triggers you to think of your spouse if they're not really a helper within your home. And though they are responsible to be give their 100%, just as you're called to give your 100%, sometimes we spend a lot of time focusing on our spouse's shortcomings and not enough on our own in the areas that God wants to work in us and change in us. Um, and so that's what the wife project is for. We talk about 
uh, becoming a crown instead of a thorn in your spouse's life. We talk about um, complaining and frustration. We talk about being a wife who has a husband who isn't spiritually leading or has a dry faith. We discuss betrayal and depth and in-depth forgiveness, um, what it looks like to truly forgive after small betrayals or huge betrayals like affairs. I discuss sexual connection and relationship and strengthening that within your relationship. We also have the Sex and Intimacy Project. So if you haven't checked it out, um, you can go to my show notes or you can click anywhere on my Instagram at Living Easy with Lindsay or on my website to get more information about that. I have a little video where I talk about the whole program, but essentially it's a video course along with a 65 plus page workbook with journaling questions. Um, we have challenges, relationship challenges. We have conversation starters with your spouse. So it really does bring in your husband into the situation and the conversation and the growth. Um, it's just in a less direct way, which can sometimes be really helpful. So make sure to check it out. Um, you also can do community groups. We have tons of Bible studies who do it together and yeah, enough about that. You can read all about it. You can read testimonials and everything on the website as well. So let's jump in to today's conversation about laziness. So as we're approaching 2023 or as we're in 2023, we may feel motivated, right? We may feel encouraged and eager and ready to go. But the thing about that is that sometimes it can really cause us to feel this sense of failure very quickly because we have these massive black and white goals that are maybe not achievable right away. And because we don't get there immediately, we feel the sense of, well, I can give up now because I am not doing it the way that I had planned to do it. But the beauty is, is that our life is a journey. It's not a destination. I know that sounds so cheesy, but it's true that we really are very lucky to have the opportunity to grow every single day and learn every single day. And so if laziness is something you struggle with, then that's okay. And there's opportunity for growth. And just as I shared in the last episode, make sure that as you listen to this, you think of yourself and not somebody else, because it's really easy to do that. Instead, just allow the Lord to convict your heart, allow the Lord to speak to you and grow you in any way, even if it's something small that is a struggle in your life. As I mentioned, most people don't want to be considered lazy in our society. We all know that laziness is a vice. It's corrupting and it's an addicting use of a good gift, which is rest. And rest is a very good thing. But as anything, when a good thing becomes a God thing or the ultimate thing, it becomes a bad thing. And so leisure, I'll just use that word, I guess, just that term, leisure in moderation is a really sweet, wonderful, refreshing gift that was given to us by God. But habitual indulgence in leisure and rest and this new desire for people after 2020 to have this sense of like not wanting to work, you know, like nobody wants to work anymore is a very interesting thing. And what it is, is a neglect of our God-given responsibilities, our God-given giftings, our God-given calling. And it brings destruction, not only to ourselves, but to the people in our lives. And so at the deepest levels, laziness robs us of happiness because it decreases our capacity to enjoy the deepest joys that God has given us. And it leaves us failing to love as we ought to. Because when we are lazy, we will get in our car, get in the garage, pretend we're on the phone, or just close the garage before we can even see anyone and get in our house. That in itself is a laziness when it comes to loving our neighbor. Scripture calls us to love our neighbor. Scripture calls us to go out and make disciples. But in those moments, if we're not even loving our direct neighbors, nonetheless, you know, strangers on the street and the homeless and people in true need, the orphans, what does that look like 
in our faith ministry. It's something that compels us. And I I really do think it's the enemy who gives us this sense of urgency for leisure. It's the sense of like, I need to get home. I worked a long day, which granted you're probably exhausted. And then you come home to kids and dinner to make and all of that. It is a lot. It is a lot. However, when our leisure time is spent in laziness, that is when, and in purposelessness, that's when it gets messy because we spend so much time scrolling on our phones, watching Netflix, doing all the things. And it gets us to a place where we realize like, gosh, what am I actually doing with my free time? What am I actually doing with my life? This happens to me so often. I tell myself way too much. And my husband will vouch for this, that I deserve rest. I have been hustling. I have been working my butt off. I've done all the things with the kids, all the activities gone, all the places I deserve to lay in bed all day, eat Thai food and watch rom-coms all day long. And I tell myself this a lot. I wish I could actually do it a lot sometimes, but by the time I get to like 11 a.m., I feel disgusting. <laughs> I feel appalled with myself. And there's some balance there, you guys. I struggle with the go, go, go attitude more so than laziness, but laziness does seep in in my life and I'll talk about it. But when I feel gross, I'm I'm trying to understand like, why, what is it that's making me feel so gross? Like, I really am tired. I really am exhausted. I really do need rest. The thing is, is that when our rest is purposeless. That's when it feels, we begin to feel useless. The enemy tells us a lie that the less we do, the better we feel. But when we really see the fruit of it, the less diligent we are in our lives, the less happy we are in our lives. And we see this when we start working out. This is probably the best example I can give because it sounds awful to start working out to begin with. I am not one who loves working out. It is not my joy, but I've been fighting to work out recently. We're going to Punta Cana in February, literally in like three weeks. And I am hustling because I haven't been doing anything for like six months. But now that I am, I'm so thankful that I am. I'm so thankful that I'm in it. But laying in bed most mornings sounds better. It sounds more comfortable. It sounds more cozy. Like it just sounds better as a whole. It sounds less awful. But once I get to the gym, once I leave the gym, the endorphins, the joy, like all of it is so worth it. Or we would rather binge Netflix than read a a scripture or read books or learn something new. But once we finish doing that thing that makes us more knowledgeable, that makes us closer to Jesus, that makes us feel more purposeful, we're happy. Or when we plan to read the Bible in one year and every morning we wake up and we're like, oh my gosh, I would rather just go get a cup of coffee and sit and mindlessly stare at the wall before my day begins. But at the end of the year, how much closer are you to Jesus and to knowing his word with all your mind, heart, and soul? So since all of us are tempted in different ways toward the sin of laziness, it's really helpful to keep in mind everything that is at stake with it. And why over and over and over again throughout scripture, God commands us to pursue the virtue of diligence. So you may fall into the trap of feeling so concerned about doing things right, that you're a zero to 100 person, you're black and white, that you become paralyzed by your goals. I'm raising my hand and you don't end up following through because you're too intimidated. You're too nervous. Your intentions are great, but your actions don't display that effort. And while this isn't sloth-like behavior necessarily, technically, it becomes that pretty quickly 
because we've convinced ourselves so much that this thing isn't going to work that we end up actually doing nothing with the calling that God has given us. If you haven't heard my episode, she doesn't do it better. She just did it. It talks all about this, like being the person who just steps up and says, I'm going to take the risks. I'm going to face the fears because I know God has equipped me to do so. I know God has called me to, or if I don't feel like he's equipped me yet, he will. Um, secondly, you may struggle with spiritual laziness where you choose a cozy fireplace or a fun brunch with friends over going to church on Sunday because it feels easier. And sometimes the enemy uses those easy things in our lives to compel us to stay away from God. It's not always deep sin, right? Like a good Sunday morning at home with no stress over what my boys are going to wear, or if we're going to get there on time, it's a sweeter morning, honestly. But that is what the enemy can use is that comfortability in our lives in so many areas to keep us from the good things. And that good thing is being fed week in and week out with scripture. It is not always easy to get there. You guys, any single person who gets to church on a Sunday probably had a little bit of difficulty (laughs) getting there, but they got there because they care too. And it's priority for them and it's intentionality, or it's easier to scroll on your phone in the morning than to read scripture, than to get in the word or do a devotional. You may struggle with being lazy with your body, which is God's temple to you. Like I did for the past six months. And you've kind of just come to a place where you've accepted this lack of health or lack of energy. Um, You maybe can't run around with your kids like you used to be able to, or you may not feel as confident in your skin because you've truly just stopped caring. You may continue emotionally eating or having stopped moving your body because it's just too much work. And that's laziness with the temple that God has given you. You may have good intentions of going to the zoo in the morning with your family, like the night before you're ready but you stay up too late or you have too much to drink and you end up putting your kids on screens all day because you just can't deal. That is laziness within our homes. That's laziness in parenthood. Laziness may also look like relying on your spouse to take over the tasks that you're both responsible for, that you should be sharing simply because you think they can do them better. You know, like I know there's a lot of husbands who say, well, my wife is just really awesome at scheduling doctor's appointments. No, nobody's super awesome at that. Nobody is. Okay. It just takes diligence. It takes doing the work. It takes getting there. And then there's some wives who are like, well, my husband's just better at cleaning out the garage, but we have every ability to do that as well. So it, it goes both ways to where we take on the roles that our husbands or, or wives can take on because we're honoring them. We want to love them. We want to serve them. We want them to know that we're teammates and that we're doing this together. So in the fifth or sixth century, many people in the church included diligence on the list of the seven heavenly virtues. And now the seven heavenly virtues are essentially in contrast to the seven deadly sins. And so diligence counteracts sloth-like behavior or laziness. And saints throughout redemptive history have always considered diligence a necessary virtue. And both the Old and the New Testaments consistently command people to be diligent and warns against the dangers of being slothful. In Proverbs 6, 6 through 11, we see that laziness is compared to being a sluggard, a person who is unwilling to work or do what needs to be done. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. So this passage is pointing out that even though the ant doesn't have anyone telling it what to do, it still works hard and cares for itself. It takes care of the tasks at hand. And sometimes I find myself needing external motivation to follow through with a task or get started. Or sometimes I am (laughs) confession. I'm so stubborn. When I grew up, I would be like ready to clean my room 
is so sinful. I'd be ready to clean my room. And as soon as my mom would say, Lindsay, you need to clean your room. I'd be like, well, now I don't want to clean my room. I wanted to clean my room. I was ready to clean my room, but because you told me to clean my room, now I don't want to clean my room. So sinful, but I still do it to Jesse. <laughs> I'd be like, you really need to pick up your shoes. I was going to pick up my shoes. I was going to pick up my water cups. He's way more organized than me. So sometimes that outside motivation is not helpful, (laughs) but sometimes it is really helpful to me. Um, I have accountability group chats for working out. I have a team of people who are amazing. My employees who help me to stay on track business-wise. So whatever type of accountability you need can be so, so impactful. Second Thessalonians 3, 10 through 11 says, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. I laughed a little bit when I read this, but also it convicted my heart a lot because we are the generation of busybodies, aren't we? We are the people who are snooping through other people's lives all day long, watching them, learning about them, celebrity culture, talking about them, watching them on Hulu, the Kardashians. We're looking at all of it. And yet we're not doing anything of purpose in that time. And it's not to say again, that we can't have moments of leisure, but it's to say, what are you doing with the time that you have? Are you being lazy? Are you being slothful? Are you being a sluggard (laughs) or are you working toward the purpose and the gifting and, and the calling that God has given to you in your life? Um, I think that we don't realize as a society, how blessed we are because we have such an overabundance of things and as we see children, you know, I always show my boys anything I can regarding kids um, in different circumstances than we are in order to try to show them what the outside world looks like. And it's been really interesting to do that because they have so many questions as young kids asking, you know, what, how do they live like that? Why are they so happy if they don't have even a house? And we're able to communicate one, the joy of the Lord. But equally, they work really hard and there's a sense of purpose behind that hard work. Entitlement fuels laziness. Entitlement fuels the ability to say, I deserve this. And as soon as we think we deserve something, we really are going on a downward slope because we have no willingness to work for something. I actually heard Barbara Corcoran, I think, um, from Shark Tank, Barbara Corcoran. Sorry if that's wrong, but she was talking about her kids and she was saying how she doesn't give or donate to rich families or to rich kids, rich college kids, anybody investors, because they essentially don't appreciate it as much as people who have really, really had to work to get where they are. And we all know that. But it's really interesting because even Bill Gates, you know, has mentioned that he's not going to just pass down his fortune to his children, that there are areas that they're going to have to work for it. And I think that that is good. It's a good skill set. And also it it doesn't steal their joy because when we're handed everything, we see celebrities, when they're handed everything, they feel as if they've lost everything. And in the Old Testament, we see the value of hard work. We see um, in the New Testament, Paul encouraging believers to work hard, to be productive. In Colossians 3.23, he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for man. So how does laziness appear in your life? Envision it. For me, it is having a hard time getting the heck out of bed in the morning. My anxiety and depression pills have helped that immensely. I'm going to do a whole episode on that, you guys, because it's been life-changing. But that is one thing. My working out, my lack of working out has been huge. Also, my lack of feeding myself properly, I've always just been like, oh, I'll skip that meal and I'll skip that meal and I'll skip that meal. That's laziness. And also that steals from my energy for my kids. 
Um, it is having moments where I'm like, I don't want to play on the floor for the 10th time today, which again can be okay. But there are also moments I need to be playing on that floor 10 times a day with my kids. So think about it. Is it your body? Is it your spiritual life? Are you not reading your Bible? Are you pushing off tasks of responsibility that God has called you to as a spouse or as a wife or as a mother or as a husband, whatever it might be? Um, are you a procrastinator? Are you putting your work off the things that matter, the things that are of importance, the calling, the ministry that God has given you? Are you pushing it and saying, okay, next year or next time or next month or next, next, next. If you don't start now, what is telling you that you're going to start tomorrow? It's just another wasted day. Um, also, are you not caring for yourself and your mental health? This is big. When we don't take the time to refresh, to rest, to rest with meaning, to rest on the Sabbath, knowing that God has commanded that rest for us, time with our family, time with the people we love, phones off, social media deleted, whatever you have to do. Are you using that time to truly rejuvenate yourself or are you using that time to scroll or to watch things that actually fill you with anxiety? Taking a bath, going on a walk, getting outside in creation. These are things that can really help with your self-care. I have a lot of episodes about um, rest and self-care, so feel free to scroll through and listen. But one of the best pieces of advice that I heard, and this is something that's just really helped me, just a practical tip when it comes to cleaning or caring for things is to use your body rather than your mind or your emotions when you're doing physical tasks like working out or cleaning. So whenever I am talking on the phone, Jesse always says this. He's like, if you need to clean or you want to organize your closet, call your friends or your family. Because when I'm on the phone, and this really is just how our bodies work, we're using our emotional energy on something completely different when we're talking to someone and our physical body is just kind of doing, it's almost automated. And it has helped me so much to realize that, not that it's just a thing, but to say, okay, I really need to get this stuff done. And I know I'm dreading it. And so I'm going to call someone or I'm going to listen to Marco Polo or record a Marco Polo, which is just like a video chat while I'm doing it. And so when we allow our emotional state to become exceedingly negative to say like, oh, I hate doing the dishes or I hate cleaning my closet or I hate cleaning up the kids' clothes or we're like rage cleaning because we're so overwhelmed by the house. Those are when, those are the moments when it feels really daunting and frustrating. But another thing that's helped me is setting a timer on my phone or on Alexa when I'm starting a task. So if I see a huge pile of dishes and I'm feeling really overwhelmed, if you have not caught the theme here, I get overwhelmed a lot. But when I'm doing that, I will put a timer on for 10 minutes and I'm like, okay, I can do anything for 10 minutes. And I always tell myself this when I'm working out too, I can do anything for 15 minutes. I can do anything for 30 minutes. I can do anything for 45 minutes, especially when it's hard. And it's true because we can. And when we set our minds to it, our minds are powerful. So I'll set a timer for 10 minutes. And by the time I'm done with my dishes, it's usually before the 10 minute timer goes off or like right after. So I realize it takes so much less time and energy that I can, than I convince myself it does. And it helps me to go back to those tasks. So as a human being, as an adult human being, we are pulled from one place to another. And it's like, I mean, it's obvious in this message, even I'm like, okay, you need to work out and you need to clean your house and you need to work hard and you need to pursue your goals and da, 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 da. That is not to say all of this needs to be done at one time, of course, right? There are moments where God calls us to pause. There are seasons where God calls us to rest in him, to let him guide the way, to let him allow us to just be. And that's something that I'm really leaning into right now. I'm really leaning into my motherhood right now. I have been hustling hard with my business and my ministry 
my ministry for seven years, my business for the past two, and God is calling me to pause and to slow down, not to stop, but just to slow down. And it's not an easy calling for me, but it is a good one. That doesn't mean that I'm being ineffective, right? And and if you're being called just to work right now or for a full-time job because you have no other option or because that's what you feel called to, or if you're being called to full-time motherhood, guys, I didn't have my coffee today, so I'm sorry I'm stumbling over my words. I think in all cases, you're able to say, okay, the biggest thing is that I give myself and my my heart, my intention, my worship to these things that God has called me to. I can't be all things to all people. I can't do it all, but can I do pieces of the things that matter the most? And that helps me because I'm like, okay, I may not be able to get to this thing this morning. I may not be able to get to the gym this morning, but can I do a 15 minute Pilates workout in my room? Yeah, I can make that happen. I may not be able to empty the entire laundry basket today, but can I do one load? And it just stops us from feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to do it all. And the more that we keep up with those little tasks, the more that we spend, you know, if you spend 30 minutes on your goal, say you want to write a book, you spend 30 minutes a day just writing, or you want to start cooking more and you try one recipe a week instead of giving yourself five. It's good to do the buildup because when you're black and white, it can be so, so challenging to feel like you're not a failure if you don't accomplish what you've set yourself out for. So know that God has you in a place of pause or of telling you, okay, go forward. And either way, you're allowing him to guide you. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to create the trajectory of your life because you're prayerfully moving. You're prayerfully patient. You're prayerfully listening. You're wanting to know what God has for you instead of racing forward yourself or just shutting the world out because you're overwhelmed. So as a whole, the heart behind any laziness I struggle with is coming to Jesus and saying, okay, I am obviously feeling like I can't handle this. And there are some things that I've done that have really helped me in the areas of overwhelm or of just struggling to be purposeful or feeling like I have any purpose. So what are some of those things? Number one, set goals for yourself, but primarily set systems. I've talked about Atomic Habits, the book on here, Atomic Habits, phenomenal book. It'll change your life. Goals are good. Systems are better. So you want to have a goal that you want to achieve, but how do you get there? And it's the little 1% changes that make the biggest difference. So what are those 1% changes that you want to make to battle laziness? For me, as an example, sometimes I will be lounging in the morning, but there are plenty of things I could be doing. I could go put a load of laundry in the wash. I could start some dishes. I could just pick up a few things here and there. I could start my yoga. What that means for me sometimes is literally just putting my feet on the ground. It's that 1%. Once I get my feet on the ground, I technically, it's like you have to start moving. I think sometimes I'll lay lay back down if I'm really tired, but usually I'll get up and I'm like, okay, 7.30, I'm starting my day. I'm going to get my coffee. I'm going to do the things. I'm going to be present. I'm going to be intentional and just putting my feet on the ground. That's my only goal. I'm not saying I'm going to do all these things. I'm just saying I'm putting my feet on the ground. And then we'll see what flows from there. So give yourself those little 1% systems to see how it changes. And those achievable goals will genuinely change your laziness. Number two, find accountability. It can be so helpful, as I mentioned, having accountability group, people to talk to about things and to encourage you to stay motivated. Number three, get enough sleep. This is one of the primary factors of depleted mental health. And that's the number one underestimated reason for mental health issues. It is so hard to stay motivated and productive, you guys, when you're not 
rested, make sure that you're getting enough sleep. And this should be sleep throughout the night. Okay. I know that it's really easy to be like, oh, well, if I stay up really late, I am creative, most creative when I stay up all night. But if I stay up really late, I can be like, I can just rest tomorrow. But it cuts into your day so much when you're sleeping during the day. Not only does it cut into your relationships and like the ability to spend time with people, but it also cuts into your productivity. Sleep deprivation studies show that otherwise healthy people can experience deeply increased anxiety and distress levels following poor sleep. Those with mental health disorders are even more likely to experience chronic sleep problems. And in turn, these sleep problems are likely to exacerbate psychiatric symptoms and even increase risk for suicide. So obviously there are so many ways to help sleep disorders, but it's just really important to be aware of how important that is. And take a look, women actually need more sleep than men do, according to scientists. So make sure you're getting the proper amount of sleep. Number four, take breaks, take your breaks and rest, but don't use your breaks as an excuse to be lazy. Use your breaks as a chance to recharge so that you can come back to your work with renewed energy. Number five, pray for strength and motivation. Remember you guys have the Holy spirit. We have the ability to replace the struggles that we face with the power and the energy of Jesus. He says that he is within us. He is within our hearts. He's given us the Holy spirit as the helper. And so as we embrace that truth. And as we believe that truth, and as we pray for God to fill us, there is fulfillment. There is purposefulness given to us. There is energy given to us. Sometimes, however, it is a chemical imbalance and that is okay. If you need medication and that's something that you have prayed through and you have walked through and you don't have conviction about, um, or if you're just confused about, and you need to talk to somebody, do the work, figure it out. i spent six years suffering instead of trying it. And now I wish I would have done it six years ago. Pray, but also know that maybe there's other things that you need to help you. Number six, prioritize self-care. Make sure you're eating well, taking care of your body, taking care of you know the things in your home that make you feel overwhelmed, getting those things done day in and day out. It's a quick, you know, we do a 15 minute cleanup in the morning and a 15 minute cleanup at night. I tend to do more during the day because I'm a little bit meticulous, but just that alone, all four of us doing those quick cleanups can be life-changing. So again, it's the small changes. If you know that you're taking on too much, if you have too many hobbies, if you have too many people asking you to do things, if you have too many sports or activities or even like community group, things like that, all of it can be too much. If it's too much, sit down with your family, sit down with your husband. If your kids are old enough, ask them, do a family meeting. How do you feel throughout the week? This is something that's really big for us as a family. Like, how do you feel throughout the week? How did you feel this week specifically? What made you feel joyful? What made you feel overwhelmed? What was too much? And allow everybody to speak into it and use that to guide the way that you live the rest of the month out. Because everybody in your home, you want your home to be the safe place. And you don't want it to be a place of laziness and unease. You want it to be a place of rest and of peace and of community. But you also want to make sure that everybody's on the same page as much as possible. And then finally, lastly, the most important thing is to ensure that we have God's word stored in our hearts. Because as we see with Jesus on the Mount, the only way he battled the enemy, I said this in the last episode, was with God's word. So if we have his word stored in our hearts and we have the contrasting scripture against the lies of the enemy, which says, oh, you deserve to be comfortable. Oh, you deserve to rest. Oh, you need to lay down. Oh, you should scroll Pinterest and look at meals or scroll Instagram and look at all these beautiful homes. Instead say, okay, what does God's word say though about my joy and about my diligence? Because 
as we've realized, like laziness, and we see it in our own lives, it really does steal that happiness. So when we believe that, when we know and say, okay, I think that laziness is comfortable and good, but when I'm lazy, it produces bad fruit. It produces discomfort, unease, disgust with myself, a lack of joy, depression, anxiety. But when I am diligent, as scripture calls me to be, that is when I experience joy. That's when I feel achievement or accomplishment. That's when I feel successful or like I can kind of do anything, you know? And I feel like, wow, I've done a lot for my family today. I cleaned and I cooked and I I accomplished a goal of mine and I read a few pages of a book and I worked out and I just feel better that God's truth can overcome the lies that we're believing from the enemy. And so the first verse is Proverbs 10, four, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Number two, Proverbs 13, four, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Number three, Proverbs 18, nine, one who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. Basically saying a person who is slack in his work and doesn't put in all effort, which if you're in like doing group projects. You guys know how this feels to have a person in your group who is not putting in the effort or doing the work or pouring their heart and soul in. And as a Christian, we are little Christ, right? We are called to live out this Christian life faithfully. And to do so means to be a witness of God's goodness, of God's diligence, of God's intention and calling for our lives. And so when you are at work or when you are at school, when you are in a group setting, you should be living above reproach in the way that you work. Your workplace, you should be the first one showing up. You should be early. You should be the one who's honoring all the rules and the commitments because you're being a representative of Jesus in those moments. It's really easy to start slacking off, especially when we grow comfortable in our work or in our jobs or school. Guilty. I've been there. Totally. I used to be late to work all the time. It was really bad. Another reason I started working for myself. (laughs) Um, But I felt convicted literally every single time and would even apologize to my employees because I felt like I was being a really bad example. I was being a really bad example. So allow yourself to be called up in that, that in your workplace, are you the example? Are you living above reproach? Also this, I didn't write this down, but this is something I want to talk about quickly is laziness and communication. This is something I think a lot of us have become pretty bad at is being intentional with our communication with other people because we use social media as a means to keep us caught up with the people we love that we allow texts to go for a day or two or three, or um, we don't make the phone call that we know we should have made a few days ago. And then too much time passes. So we feel uncomfortable and we don't call or someone asks you something and you don't know the answer. And instead of saying, "Ah, I don't know the answer right now, I'll get back to you. You just ignore or don't respond. It creates division. You're creating division. If you know you need to make a phone call, make a phone call. It is laziness. It's laziness within the relationship. And so what does diligence look like with your relationships? How can you be more intentional with those phone calls or with those text messages in responding? Again, guilty. I get really bombarded by my messages and sometimes I just want to disconnect and I shut off my phone. But what I should do and what I will now commit to do, because this was just conviction, that's why I'm talking about it, is I want to say, hey, I have so much going on. I promise to get back to you in a day or two, unless it's an emergency, of course. But that communication, it just shows that you care. It shows that we care about our people and that we care about their time and their energy and that they considered us. Those things are really important. With that said, 
Laziness is a common, common struggle. So you need to find the areas in your own life where it's kind of seeping in, where it's affecting you, impacting you. And how can you worship and honor Jesus through that? How can you seek out repentance, changing your ways, asking God for forgiveness and saying, Lord, I want to move past this. I don't want to live this way anymore. Pray for forgiveness. That I've not been diligent with the things that you've called me to, that I've not been diligent with my body, that I, the temple you've given me, that I've not been diligent with my time, that I've not been diligent with my people, that I've not been diligent with my work, with my children, with my spouse. How can I be more intentional, purposeful, and loving to love as you loved the church, the people in my life, the things in my life, to have a passion and a joy? It comes from putting in the effort and the work. So I love you guys. I hope that you really felt just that I'm coming alongside you in this one because I am. People always say, Lindsay, I don't know how you do it all. And I literally could just tell you, I and anybody in my life could tell you, I do it in spurts. I disappear from the world and then I come back like manic mode and, and I go, go, go. But I have this past year and a half have been working on consistency so much more and have just been convicted. So I'm making those little 1% changes every single day. So don't forget to click subscribe if you haven't already, whether you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, you'll be notified on Mondays when I put out a new episode. Next week, we are talking about envy and discontentment. This one is a good one. So you guys don't want to miss it. I'm really, really excited. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you would do a quick review and rating on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Um, just give a quick few stars and a little bit of feedback. A sentence or two means the world. Next week, jealousy, envy, discontentment, and what the Bible says about it and how we can overcome it. Love you guys, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.